Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hello, hope you're well. Hope you had a good weekend. If you're local here in Tallahassee, Hang in there. Hang in there. We got you. We'll keep uh, updates coming in terms of the storm and any potential problems. But uh, in the interim, felt like we were good to go and had every reason to come in and uh, and soldier on do the show. It is show time. It is time to get excited. It is football time. A scrimmage is in the books. And now we have an opportunity to start to begin uh, to kind of break down where we're at. Now, there's only so much that you're going to be able to get right off the bat because, obviously, this was a closed scrimmage. And at the same time, uh, you know, you, you, you hear bits and pieces of what was good, what was bad, what has to get better. All that's true. Uh, but I would note that, again, for Florida State, right now, I knock on wood every single time a scrimmage gets played and – we are not hearing about any significant injuries. That's the number one thing. Because if Florida State's to get to where we want them to get, which I think the goal is 6-6, six and six. I believe it to be 6-6, six and six. the only way that happens is if, again, your starters continue to take strides but remain healthy. Now, Because we just, you know, it's too easy to do it with the segment groups. It's too easy to look at the defensive line and the offensive line and say, if they lose this guy, they lose that guy. Who's the backup? What do we have coming in? And you immediately, your heart just sinks as you realize, in some cases, it's a big step back. And others a little less so. They, they've got some developing depth on, along the defensive line. They've maybe got a spot on the offensive line for a sixth or seventh guy that you feel maybe one spot, maybe one guy. Yeah, I feel like... It might be seven, which is a real development for us, but still, it's not more than seven. No, it's um, it's probably one strike, but you might have two. Yeah, so the number one thing, again, just you get through scrimmages, you like to hear about who's emerging and who's not, and you know which guy seems to be stepping up. Look, at the end of the day, I'll just tell you this, somebody that we talked about before camp started, somebody that I talked about once camp started because we were out there watching practice, and I was most excited about, really since his arrival, and I'm just holding out hope that it continues to trend in this direction, is Travis Jay on the defensive side of the football. He is your best athlete, and he is, I think, potentially uh, a really, really impactful player for you, and he had a good scrimmage. He played well, and that's good to know. It's uh, you're, you're getting some guys 
you know, Malik McLean's a guy, Tom, that we've talked about a lot. But, you know, typically I'm loath to spend too much time on freshman receivers uh, because I know that, you know, a kid could come in and he looks special. He looks like he may fill that role someday that he's, he's bigger than maybe you expected. He has the right body type that tells you he's ready to play or he has the requisite speed. Uh, he's consistent as a route runner, whatever it might be. But, man, when the lights turn on and it's a game situation and you haven't played uh, big-time college football at a Power 5 conference, a lot of times freshmen begin to shrink. There are exceptions. It's just that it's hard to rely on it. So I've been excited about him because he got spring, which matters, especially as a freshman receiver. And he looked good in spring, and he's continued to carry that over here. So maybe you get to a place where you have three or four guys you could depend on in the passing game. He would be one that's emerging for you, perhaps, that you would not have projected just because of his relative youth. But Parchment is a guy that you'll need to stretch the field and that you brought in as a transfer for the very reason that he's coming into play. You need him to be consistently good. Uh, And then, of course, Keyshawn Helton's a guy, right from the get-go, that we said more explosive, looks like the old Keyshawn Helton. He's made more plays. When you listen to Norvell... He gets excited about him, and, and Kenny Dillingham Kenny, get, yeah, yeah, gets yep. excited about him, too. Well, that's because he doesn't look anything like he did a year ago. He's, I mean, you know, he's, he's all the way back from the injury. He looks good. So you might have three or four guys that you feel pretty good about at wide receiver. The story of the practice to me, because if you're, if you're going to go by what we hear in using sources, basically it was an, a, 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 a traditional result, meaning – your first scrimmage typically is pretty well dominated by the defense. And from what I understand, without having seen it, couldn't sneak in to see it, Tom. Couldn't sneak in to see it, alas. Well, yeah, because they moved to the IPF. Your plan was foiled. It was, indeed. So here's the thing. The first-team defense beat up on the first-team offense. But that's normal. That's, like, what you expect to see. But then from there... If you're gonna if you're gonna find some takeaways that seem to be pretty consistent, and this is what I try to do when I reach out to sources. Like, okay, well, let's see if I get four or five guys that might give me the nuts and bolts of what happened, and if all of them say something very similar about a particular player or a result, you can usually bet that that something along those lines happened. And Jordan Travis, Tom, think about last week. I brought this up towards the end of the week. And I said that if you go to practice, Jordan Travis typically outperforms Mackenzie Milton. On the whole, they both have their moments, but on the whole, you'd say Jordan Travis is outperforming Mackenzie Milton. Now, he did all of spring as well. And then the game came, and McKenzie, they both looked good in the game, but Mackenzie Milton made the throws that kind of got you excited about him transferring here to begin with. And he's the guy that has put up huge numbers in big games against Power 5 teams. So you're kind of thinking, all right, well, all things being equal, McKenzie's going to start. Even if Jordan's slightly ahead of McKenzie, McKenzie's going to start. But we keep watching practice, and we keep seeing Jordan Travis play better than McKenzie Milton on the whole. In my opinion, from what we can see of the reps, it's not, you know, I don't know if the coaches feel this way or not. But then Kenny Dillingham brings up Jordan Travis. You asked the question, Tom, did, yeah. uh, about who's been the most consistent, and he's the first The first name out of his mouth is Jordan Travis. I guess it's just something to start to consider. I, I say all of it to say maybe this. it's just time to consider that Jordan Travis 
may end up being the starter. He may beat out Mackenzie Milton. Maybe not. Not prepared to say that's going to happen definitively one way or the other. It's just it's something to entertain right now. And, and also, while we're talking about it, kudos to you, Jordan Travis. Because that's an awful lot of hard work. When they had to pass the ball in obvious passing situations a year ago, if you go look at all the advanced metrics, everything that helps define and illuminate what's a good and bad passing game and who makes plays in the passing game when defenses know they're going to be passing, so third and long, second and long, those kinds of things. Jordan Travis did not make those throws. He didn't. Jordan Travis made plays with his legs or he bought time with his legs and made some throws to open guys who wiggled free because he bought time away from the structure of the play. But he did not make small window throws when teams knew he had to throw the ball. If he's going to get to that place, is what we talked about in the offseason, he's going to have to become a much more consistent thrower of the football. He's going to have to do it when defenses know he's throwing, and he's going to have to be more accurate with the football. And he has been a lot more accurate, dating back to the end of spring and to where we are now. Would that make him an elite thrower? Would you look at him in this conference and say he measures up to the top-tier quarterbacks in this league? As a passer, probably not. But if it's a big leap forward and he has the legs to go with where he is elite, you know, this could be a much more consistent offense. This might not just be the big play. This could be a sustainable offense. And I find it fascinating because, again, that competition is going to go on right up to the very end. And I'm not entirely certain because I don't think, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, I don't get the sense that Mike Norvell is ever going to come out and say, so-and-so is the starting quarterback. I don't think you're going to hear that. And I wouldn't if I were him. I would not tell anybody who my starting quarterback was because strategically, I, I don't need Notre Dame to know that before we kick off. It, you know, I'm going to I'm going to let this thing play out right up to the very end. And even if I have a sense of who I want to be the starting quarterback, who I think won the job, I'm not telling anybody. So I don't think we're going to know. I don't think he's going to tell anybody. I think both are going to play at the end of the day. They walked up to Charlotte with that idea. I think that's the way it's going to stick. Is that both will see the field as a true quarterback for some portion of the game against Notre Dame. But yeah, to clarify and to give a little bit of context, uh, the coordinators and, and Mike Norvell were available late Saturday night, and then when Kenny went through, he was praising a lot of different players, but I got the last question in and I asked, just who's been the most consistent through the first week of camp? He listed a ton of people. You know, It's one of those deals when a head coach, you ask him, so who's been standing out the linebacker segment? He'll name every single one because he doesn't want to give an edge to one player over the other. Kenny kind of did that, but the first name when I asked was Jordan Travis. The second name that popped up in his head for who's been the most consistent through a week of camp and the scrimmage was Keyshawn Hilton. So those are the first two players that immediately popped in his head. It wasn't McKenzie. It was Jordan. And these coaches are looking for consistency. Now, they still have a second scrimmage this upcoming Sunday, I believe it is, and then they have a mock game the Sunday after that. So there's still two more of these things to go. Oh, sure. Before there's they a long way to go. They're not... No, you're going to let this play out. If you've got fierce competition and it's close, this is exactly what you want. You want somebody pushing somebody else. doesn't really matter who. Just as long as somebody's pushing somebody else, then you're getting what you want in terms of competition every day in practice. And they're getting that at a lot of positions right now, which is important. Now, they may not have, again, a, a depth of talent at each of these segment groups that belie Florida State's success in past years. It's not 
they don't have that right now, but they're trying to raise the floor and they're trying to get more consistent. And they're trying to create that elite level competition on a daily basis in practice so that you get guys emerging having gone through it, you know, having gone through uh, a day-to-day pressure of having to perform. And that, that's great. It should bring out the most in all uh, of these players, but or the best in all these players, I should say. I, I just I wonder, uh, will McKenzie Milton, and, and you know, I, I can't wait to get back to watching practice, which we're about to be able to do again, will he put together a stretch like he did towards the end of spring? Because towards the end of spring, you could make an argument I know our own Irish Chaffel did at Warchant.com that he saw it coming. He thought McKenzie was close and that he was emerging. He was a little bit more bullish on him than I was in terms of seeing it coming. I, I, I thought he'd have a good practice, then a bad practice, then a good practice, then a bad practice, which beats the heck out of the first two weeks, which was bad practice, bad practice, bad practice. So, you know, that's the way I was looking at him, quote-unquote, emerging. But to Irish credit, he, he went out there and played very well. Will he have one of those kinds of weeks again where all of a sudden all of this is a moot point? And I, I, it, it will never, I guess, in truth, it won't be a moot point because it does tell me that Jordan Travis is raising the floor of the quarterback room no matter what happens with this year. And that is important, very important. Again, as always, when we talk about the offense and the defense, when we talk about wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, defensive backs, linebackers, we're talking about skill position guys, but we also know that you're doing yourself a disservice with all this enthusiasm or disappointment or either if you don't circle back and say how good or bad was the offensive and defensive line because that's at the end of the day what's going to matter most. That's, that's the biggest contributing factor to a good season or a bad season. Yeah, and that's the trend right now is that, of course, the defensive line is winning that battle in the trenches when you're going ones-on-ones consistently. Yeah. The offensive line is going to get some help with Devontae Love-Taylor. Our friend Devontae Love-Taylor, who was on Warchan TV last night at 5 p.m. for the first edition of Trench Talk, really advised you guys it was excellent. Sometimes, you know, player or coach-driven shows, it's like watching paint dry, right? In this case, Devontae is charismatic, gave great answers, insightful answers, and one of the things he discussed was he feels like he's about ready to go. It's something that Mike Norvell said after the scrimmage on Saturday night, which is Devontae Love-Taylor is really close to being in the fold. And we know that he's a plug-and-play starter, given what the two-deep looks like. So the offensive line is going to get some help. But so far, it's the ones on the defensive line that are consistently winning the battle in the trenches. The offense may be getting some splash plays, some explosives, but they aren't consistently beating our defensive line when it's good on good. The defensive line is going to probably be, when the starters are out there, a stronger uh, segment for Florida State. Now, the depth of talent, again, is not where I'd like it to be, but the, the starters from end to end are pretty darn good. I think potentially pretty, pretty good. Uh, upper to uh, middle of the pack in the ACC. Uh, oh, I, yeah. yeah. In the ACC, probably upper half. Yeah, right, probably. Again. College football, middle of the pack. Right. As long right. as they don't get banged up. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you guys know the storm is on its way to Tallahassee. I don't mean to be an alarmist. Uh, you guys are aware of this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If you're listening locally, I'm sure you're prepared. Kids were sent home here in Tallahassee today. No no school, which uh, all of us have to figure around, I understand. So I hope everybody stays safe. But uh, I should note that our friends uh, at T-Spark Enterprises, Roofing and Construction, uh, are your guys. Uh, if you are unfortunate enough to go through um, some damage to your roof or parts of your house, uh, you're going to want to call T-Spark. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully you don't have structural damage. Uh, But if if that is to happen, a roofer cannot always repair that because it's structural. But with T-Spark, 
It's one call. You have a general contractor and a roofer in one. That's what they offer you. I would tell you that um, if you're looking to do that, if you have to do that, 850-766-1340 for T-Spark. Uh, and we appreciate them being a sponsor of the Jeff Cameron Show here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchan TV. Like and subscribe. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio and on war chant tv as well you're watching us on youtube tv thank you please do us a favor and remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe to war chant tv likes on our videos will help other knolls find this or anybody who's just looking for great content subscribing to war chant tv is completely free hit the bell kids after subscribing and uh get notified anytime we go live it's uh, good stuff okay uh interesting to to read some of the comments uh, i'll start with the Hopeful ones, if only because I understand Eric uh, probably represents an awful lot of the Seminole faithful right now as we're this close to the start of a season. I'm saying seven and five, he writes, Jeff and Tom, but I could realistically see eight and four, which would be outstanding. Six and six to me would be disappointing as a diehard Knowles fan. Uh, Maybe. I I don't know how we get to eight wins. I, I, that is, uh, I would argue, Eric, that's a pie-in-the-sky view of the season for Florida State. Eight wins. I don't see it. Tom may agree with you more than I do. I don't see it. I I have a hard time getting to six wins when I do this, and I'm honest with myself. I can get there, but um, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I certainly can't get anywhere near eight. We could play this game then. All right, what's the most likely win total? Six, do you think? Most likely. <clears throat> five. Ooh, okay. All right. So we're starting with a little Debbie Downer action. Five is the most likely win total for the season. What's the next most likely? Six. Six. Okay. After that, four or seven? Four. Ooh, boy. Okay. See, I'd say six, five, then seven. So I, I think six and six is is the most likely outcome for this year. And then it just depends. on. I mean, turnover luck, attrition, all these things are going to count. The kicking game, <laughs> that's one thing when John Papuchis was talking to the media on Saturday night. Doesn't sound like that kicking battle has been resolved, and I can't imagine that's for a good reason. I can't imagine it's because guys are just hitting 50 yarders left and right. No, they're not. So I would tell you that that is a weakness on this team, just as the offensive line is a weakness on this team, just as the receiving core compared to other receiving cores around the ACC and around the country is a weakness on this team. I would tell you that you don't have a great tight end room. You've got a couple of guys that you like okay. Uh, defensively, you don't love your linebackers. Uh, you're thin on the defensive line. How does that add up to eight wins? I don't know how that adds up to eight wins. Your secondary, which I think is a strength, is only a strength if you get pressure on the quarterback, which you might, which you might. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson could possibly provide that, and that's a game changer. And if your defense is drastically improved, that's how you get to seven wins. Uh, you To get to eight wins, 
just to do, to play the game, to carry out the exercise, you have to believe that Florida State beats Notre Dame on September the 5th, uh, 7.30 on ABC. I hope like hell that happens because, my goodness, what a impetus for change the rest of the year. A belief, a result, a moment in which confidence is born. Confidence is born for players that don't have it currently, okay? That is that is the best thing that can happen, obviously. I mean, I didn't, you know, stands to reason. But I don't think Florida State's going to beat Notre Dame uh, on September the 5th. So right off the right off the bat, we part there. Yes, Jacksonville State's a win no matter what. Now, you got to beat Wake. Again, I'm trying to get you to eight wins. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time, but I'm, I'm right, trying right, to get you yeah. there. You're going through the exercise. Okay, listen, I'll give you Wake then on the road. Big game. Good. <laughs> And I have to find a way. I, I, I know it's laughable in your heart. You say to yourself, what is he doing talking about how difficult this weight game is? Okay, have you seen us play? I, I'm telling you, weight game's difficult. Louisville, who we've all just said we're going to beat, like just, it's just a given. Everybody's like, oh, well, they'll beat Louisville. Louisville beat our ass last year. I mean, that game wasn't competitive. Wasn't competitive, but you got to win that one if we're going to get to eight. Okay, so that's fine. By the way, I do like us to beat Louisville. Just saying, I'm not so confident that I'm just like, oh, that's a given. Boy, happy Monday, everybody. So Syracuse, yes, you'll beat Syracuse. They're horrible. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, so that that would get you to five. What is that five that I got us to now? Yeah, that has you. Basically, I've got us five and zero. Oh. Now you've got to beat. Uh, now you're not going to beat North Carolina. I think most people will understand that. You'll beat UMass. That gets you to six. You're not going to beat Clemson. Then you got to beat NC State. That gets you to seven. And then you'd have to win one more, either against Miami, Boston College, or Florida. I would assume most people are going to say that that win is against Boston College, who was one of the more improved teams last year, a ton of returning talent. Uh, that's on the road the week before the Florida game and stuck in between Miami and Florida. Okay. It's hard to get to eight. It is hard to get to eight. Now, I'll agree with you there. I'm a little bit more bullish, but uh, eight's eight. You need some uh, fumble luck, right? Isn't I that mean, the one that I worry? The phrase I worry about on live radio. You need a little bit of fumble luck. Yeah, that's that's a that's a toughie. And um, that's where if you're splitting hairs, which we're going to be splitting hairs in a lot of games, and your kicking game isn't where it needs to be, you you don't win the hidden yards, and your trench play is suspect. That's where. A seven and five season where you say, "Well, we should have won seven games," turns into a five and seven season. We need to tighten up in those little detail areas in order to be able to win more than our fair share of the fifty-fifty games. If it's a razor's edge, you got forty-two yards to win the game. Are we going to hit it? We're down a point. Like, how do you feel right now? I don't no, think we're going to make that no, kick. I don't. I don't think it's going to be close. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but no, that I mean, needs, that needs to get better. It needs to get better soon. Uh, Andre writes North Carolina was supposed to have been a loss last year, too. Remember that. Well, yeah, but then if you're going to do that and play that game, Andre, then I'm going to go through all the games in which we were supposed to win. Like, how about Georgia Tech in the first game of the year? I mean, that was supposed to be a win. We can do a whole bunch of losses that were supposed to be wins for Florida State. They, The Knowles won a game that nobody thought they'd win and that the talent suggested they shouldn't have won. You are correct. That was the game against North Carolina. What a magical night, and we all celebrated. How many times were you either at the game, and I know last year was tough because of COVID, or watching at home, in which you w sat down on that couch that day with your beverages and your, and your eats and your friends, and you thought, here it comes. 
We're going to beat that ass today, boys. And then you were stuck going, well, it's a toughie. We're, Bend over. We're down 21 in the third. It doesn't look like it's our day today. That that happened a lot last year. You know, guys, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but now that we're in the third quarter, it's occurring to me that it might not be our day. I don't know. What do you guys think? It doesn't look good, does it, guys? doesn't look good. Now, I think the best way to be overly optimistic, perhaps, or to engage in to lean towards a more positive season than not is not to say that, okay, the results last year mean that we can't get to this other place this year because the results last year can largely be thrown out. If we're going to do this with the good and the bad, you got to do that. Because Absolutely. I, I mean, there were weird games last year across the country, games that made very little sense where you saw the results and you just thought, well, this, this is – I mean – Director Matthew is a, is a Penn State guy. Director Matthew, if I'm not mistaken, did Penn State start 0-5? All right. so They're, He's nodding, folks, yeah, off so, camera. You know, they lost to Indiana. Emphatically yeah. nodding, yeah. All right, they started 0-5. Now, there's no way, no how, in a non-COVID year, Penn State starts that season 0-5. To their credit, they fought back and played hard towards the end of the year. I would have never guessed that because at 0-5, what the hell are you playing for? But they did. They fought hard. Now, I'll give them credit. You're playing for the Navy and the White. You're, play, you're playing for pride, baby. So the point is, that was a weird result. There were a lot of weird results. Uh, so maybe you throw away a lot of stuff from last year and you say, well, Jeff, the way I get there, the way I get us to seven or eight wins, is that I believe in stability and continuity, and for the first time in a long time, they've had it from year to year. They have the same coaching staff. A lot of these guys came back. They've cleared the path for the kids who are bought in by changing the dynamic in the locker room. So these kids have worked hard this offseason. They've bought in. Coach Storms has done a hell of a job. Coach Atkins is an amazing teacher. So this offensive line is going to take a step forward. Ooh, my Monday's getting better. Keep okay. going. So, Keep going. So all of a sudden, the continuity breeds a little bit more confidence, a little bit more belief, a little bit more togetherness, right, stick to And, of course, the staff then figured out What's what with their personnel? They'll call it better. Uh, they have the opportunity. Mackenzie Milton did arrive here, so you do have a better quarterback room. Preach. So at this point, then you know you got Wilson back at tight end. That's a big deal because that's an extra blocker for a group that could use the help blocking. So all of a sudden you have that. You have a healthy uh, Sean Corbin who looks more explosive. A healthier Keyshawn Helton who looks a lot more explosive. Uh, we can keep going, right? That's the argument you're going to have to make. For this to be a radical turnaround. And if you're inclined to want to see that and you're listening to me right now, you're like, you're damn right, Cameron. We're hulking up over here. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. The problem is you can do all of that and you can also then turn right around and counter it with doses of reality regarding the personnel and uh, the defense, how bad it was a year ago and all of the things that have to... Don't do this to me. <laughs> Come on now. It's a fun exercise. I just think that you owe it to yourself to be brutally honest. You know, we'd like, we're talking about percentages. We're, we're not, I'm not telling you they can't, in any world, get to seven or eight wins. I'm just telling you what seems likely to happen and not. And it's an educated guess, right? It's not Whoa. a... <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Eric's believing. See that you got him fired up. He says we're beating Notre Dame because this home opener losing streak is over September fifth. Go Knowles. Drinks on me, Jeff and Tom. Well, I appreciate that, Eric, both for the contribution to the show and for the offer to buy some beers. I'm Whoa! in on that. Yeah, we got another. You just excited? No, no, that was for the uh, offer to okay, buy some yeah, beers. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, there, there is a, a, a beleaguered bunch. They're called Florida State fans. There is a beleaguered bunch, and it's that group that I belong to and you belong to. I was to. say, don't do the Jimbo thing. Don't say they now. It's we. I would never we say they. We are beleaguered. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we are beleaguered. And we're so beleaguered in some cases that I think we're prone to tell ourselves we're going to win in September at some point. We have to. I don't know what weird voodoo nonsense, we, who we offended in the football god universe, but can we just stop losing right out the gates in September? It is forever a grand opening, grand closing. It is heartbreaking. It is frustrating. And it doesn't do a lot for morale. <laughs> but just because I want that to be so does not mean it is. And I'm really tired of playing the Notre Dames of the world out the gate. We need to stop with this yeah. nonsense. LSU's on deck, Georgia. I know. Here we go. Stop it. Big picture, it's great, especially if we're doing home and home, not if we're screwing it up by sending up, sending us over to Orlando in New Orleans. I love New Orleans, but I would rather be in Baton Rouge for that game and have them here. I, I you know, Don't do that anymore. If we're going to do home and home, do home and home, and let's make it happen. But in the interim... Let's just do a whole lot of, all right, we're going to start with Jacksonville State, followed up by Syracuse and UMass. September is a grand success. That would be ideal. Uh, for now, you know, you got to get you got to get punched early. It's, it's what happens. James B. chiming in. I'm going to get to James when we come back from the break. James, uh, you, you, you stepped up, and I appreciate that. Is the summer of more life. First class is always free at Orange Theory Fitness. Weather permitting, that's where I'll be today, right after this show. Oh, really? Heading over there. Get it on, baby. Time to get it on. Let's get that heart rate rate monitor on. Let's challenge ourselves. Uh, If you're an active member, you refer a friend right now or upgrade in August and September, you'll receive discounted membership prices for the next three months, saving you a ton of money. If you froze your account because you were waiting to wade back in those waters, unfreeze that puppy, and you'll save a bunch of money over the next three months as well. Elite members get $30 off for three months. Premier members get $50 off for three months. That's $150, Tom. I did the math. That's some good addition there. How about that? Good stuff. OrangeTheoryFitness.com to learn more. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Like and subscribe. You know, Jeff Cameron Show, Real Talk Radio, 93.3 War Chant TV. And you, you the listener, you the viewer. You, our friends of the program, thanks for being with us. I greatly appreciate it. Mash that like button. Send it out around the world. Let them know. Far and wide. James B., you can hit it if you'd like. All right, that's a big hand. My nightmare that has me waking up in cold sweats is that Jordan continues to outperform McKenzie in practice, therefore winning over the team. 
Then Norvell, out of some sense of responsibility, starts McKenzie, and he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll address that momentarily. I want to I, I want to uh, thank April. Woo! Thank you, April. That's awfully kind. She was complimentary of us while contributing to our efforts to perform this show each and every day. Elgin, come on, Elgin. You sound like you're scared of real competition is directed at me. No, no, I, I don't have to tackle anybody. Uh, also, I would, I would say this. No, no, I'm a realist. Elgin, you'll learn that. I'm pragmatic. When Florida State is operating at peak efficiency, when Florida State has the kinds of players that we traditionally have and are amongst the nation's very best football programs, anytime, anywhere, let's get it on. I'm also not afraid of competition in the sense that if you want to have an out-of-conference game, much the way we already do with Florida every year, but you want to add to that ledger by putting another great game in there that's not part of your ACC schedule, such as, say, Notre Dame, as those... I, I won't say it. I, I, sometimes i got to remember language. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, the that's point, correct. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just that you don't have to start every season with that team. Like, I'm not saying don't play LSU. I'm saying don't play them game one or game two. I'm not saying don't play Georgia. Just don't play them in game one. Well, that's why. I forget who we're playing uh, LSU next year, I think. Like, we're playing a game on, like, August 15th or some nonsense. It's, like, before it's we— It's not August 15th. I know. I'm joking. I'm, I'm being facetious. But we're playing them the week before— we're going like week zero or week negative one to get a tune-up game in before we travel out to New Orleans. It's the best we could do, but we've got to just stop that. You're right. We need the ramp up. You ever heard of a ramp up? Let's do that instead. Let's ramp it on up. A big fan of the ramp up. That's. I like to ramp up. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> I want to. If you would, just for giggles, uh, let's find those schedules over the next four years. And, oh, future you know, opponents. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Oh, okay. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, it is. We also had a uh, a contribution from, I believe it was Andre. Andre. Woo! Andre says we will go eight and four this year with wins over Notre Dame and the U for sure. I'll be at the game against Miami and hope to meet the entire War Chant family. It'd be an honor to meet you, Andre. Uh, I hope your optimism proves true. I'm not entirely certain that those are guaranteed wins, uh, I, but but I, I like the kind of confidence that you're showing there. We, we'll we'll see uh, again. For me, realistic expectations coupled with obvious growth is what this season is about. And and what I mean, have whatever expectations you want to have. I mean, that's that's individual. You if you want to think that they're going to go twelve and zero, well then more power to you. I would personally say that's absolutely not going to happen, and a bit uh, far-reaching to say the least. But uh, if that's what you want your expectation to be, then so be it. I'm not one of these guys who says, well, I'm going to project this low, so then therefore if they happen to perform a little bit better than that, it's a, it's a happy accident or a nice surprise. No, I'm just going to tell you what I think that they're going to do, and then we'll judge it from there according to those expectations in my mind. So that, that's fine. I, I think they're a 6-6 six and six team, uh, maybe. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went to 5-7. and seven. Vegas and I happen to agree, by the way. Las Vegas, who doesn't have a vested interest in Florida State whatsoever or an emotional attachment in any way, has the over-under set at five and a half. So that's what they believe. That's fine. And I, they tend to be somewhere in the neighborhood. So I, I, I could see that. But that's fine. I mean, that the, the half has you deciding one way or the other. Yay or nay. Lower or higher. That's fine. I, I'm good with that. Uh, I happen to 
believe that if they stay healthy, then you're much more apt to see six and six. I just don't know you can count on that. I just think the depth right. is, is well, something that is disconcerting. Some position group is going to get affected. It's just a matter of which ones. And uh, it's like we're playing with a, a battleship board, right? And there's you know ships all over the board. You know, so there's a good chance if you guess, you're going to find a ship <laughs> in our grid. That's kind of like what we're playing with with our two deep. I do have the future schedules. Well, I know we play Duquesne next That's year. That's it. It's Duquesne. And it's, it's embarrassing, tuna. and they should never have scheduled that game. It's pitiful. And I'm not saying you can't schedule somebody before you play LSU, but Duquesne, they don't even have the same number of scholarships. Uh, they, they don't have 85 scholarships. This drives me nuts, by the way. Stop doing that. That's not cool. Don't schedule Duquesne and then tell me about player safety or any of that other nonsense. That's not what we do, but go ahead. Well, what I'd say is remember, folks, August the 27th, 2022, the home opener. Be there in droves at Doe Campbell Stadium for as we Duquesne. take on Duquesne, yeah. also known as the LSU Pep Rally. 2023, we start with LSU unless we schedule Duquesne again, uh, but it's in Orlando on September the 3rd is the LSU game. God almighty with the Orlando nonsense. We then play less than a week later. We play Southern Miss. So, all right, that's that's next up. Those are the first two weeks of 2023. In 2024, we don't have an opening week game scheduled just yet, but we're playing Memphis in week two. Playing we're hammer Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, that's going to hammer. Uh, 2025, don't have a date yet, but we're playing Alabama. I'm at assuming this, that's going to open the season. At this point, one would like to believe by 2025, you can schedule whomever you want because you're out of the woods. The growth has occurred. We've witnessed the program pick itself up and get to a place where, once again, it is amongst the nation's top ten, and these matchups don't seem so daunting, don't seem so overwhelmingly one-sided. You know, when when you're right and you're recruiting the way that they're currently recruiting, I might add, exceptionally well, and you see this uptick in performance and results, then obviously you have a chance to go bring in the best players in the country and playing a Georgia or an Alabama or an LSU means very little. Like, let's get it on. Like, yes, I, I'm I'm all for it. At, at that point, Nick Saban will be making $27.5 million as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, I think, by 2025. I didn't realize we signed a home-and-home home with Alabama. I thought it was. No, that's awesome. So in 2026, here's our non-conference slate. Notre Dame, Florida, Alabama. We also uh, will host Clemson that year in 2026. Well, at that point, it's a 16-team playoff. You could go 10-2, and yeah. two and you're good to go. By that year, Dabo will have moved to Alabama. Clemson will have crumbled. He will have left them in shambles, and that game doesn't resemble what it does right now. And then in 27-28, that's the uh, Georgia series. And I believe that's also close to a, an opener, if not an outright opener. But that is in Athens and here. That is correct, as Thank is you. the Alabama Thank series. You. The yes. Alabama Tuscaloosa series is home. Tuscaloosa and yeah. here. Yes, do that. Go back and fix it. Go back and fix the LSU series. Let's go play in Baton Rouge and have them come here. Thomas says, guys, I don't understand all the kerfuffle with Milton versus Travis. I've always assumed from day one both were going to play and play a ton. Thank you, Thomas. (laughs) There's an inside joke where if I were to phrase thank you, Thomas, differently, None of you would get it, but I so want to do that right now. I just want to do that, but I can't do it, and none of you would get it, so sorry. <laughs> it's over my head, too. I <laughs> know oh, you don't get it either. My wife and I were at a concert, and the keyboardist uh, broke the keyboard, and his name was Thomas, and the lead singer said, Thank you, Thomas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it always made me laugh because it was passive-aggressive. He was a little frustrated, and it was good. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Stay with us. Hang it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Or Chan TV as well. Ryan, that's funny. July 28th, Duquesne, right before Ricky Skaggs and Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, there you go. That's well done. It's where it is on the calendar. For people who know the old show and know what he's referencing. Okay, so you probably saw this over the weekend. If you're new to the program, you'll wonder why I bring it up. I don't know why, but it haunts me when people find cards and or long-lost items that are then resold, like antique roadshow and stuff like that, and make millions of dollars, because it has been my dream to do this, my dream to find said item that I could then turn around and, hey, look at this, I found this painting, turns out it's a Van Gogh. $1.8 million, peace out. Tom's hosting the Jeff Cameron Show. There it is. Uh, just that'd like, be really awkward. <laughs> Welcome into the Jeff Cameron Show. I'm, I'm Tom, Tom Lane, your host. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so, well, law firms do it all the time. Establish. Uh, Your leg- name is still on the firm. Legendary name. And I've got to just, work to make yeah, partner. I'm yeah. not there yet. <laughs> A T206 Honus Wagner baseball card, Tom, sold for $6.606 million. That's a payday. Which includes a 20% buyer's premium. That happened early, early this morning. It shatters the record for the highest-selling sports card of all time. The previous record belonged to a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card that sold for $5.2 million in January. Uh, a record later matched by a 2003-2004 Deck Exquisite Collection LeBron James. It's a nice flourish you put yeah. on his name. Yeah. The seller of the Wagner card is an East Coast collector. East Coast. But he wants to remain anonymous so that he doesn't get whacked. The Wagner, as in Honus, stands out because of its condition, said Brian Dwyer, president of Robert Edward Auctions. He bought it or brokered the deal. There's only about 60 of these that we can confirm. When I w- you know, when we first started doing the show years ago, Tom, uh, together... I think at that time they had only ever found seven mint condition Honus Wagner cards. They're up to 60. 60, yeah. I think you're right. It wasn't the single digits. Mm-hmm. I remember like the 10th one being a big deal, and we were talking about, you're devaluing my card. This card is one of the best examples out there, and it's certainly one of the best examples available uh, in terms of authentic, good, or best. Those are the ratings. This Wagner card received a grade of three from Sports Card Academy. I don't care about all that stuff. All I know is that it was in mint condition, obviously. It, had, it was printed in 1909. They finished making those prints in 1911. And now it's worth, according to what it just sold for, over $6 million. And if you're watching at home, this is what that looks like. There you go. There's the card. That's well done to play to the visual crowd as well. Uh, trying to help everybody out. By the way, do 
McGuire noted it doesn't hurt that the Wagner card, since 1939 when Jefferson Burdick valued the Wagner card at $50 in his first ever United States card collector's catalog, later known as the American Card Catalog, quote, we're going back 80 years. People knew it was very valuable even then. Fair enough. Man. Can you imagine finding a card turned around? Nobody would know. I wouldn't tell them. You know, like, it, it would come up in a news story, but nobody would know on the fly, except very, very, very few people within my inner circle. So, like, you'd know, but I'd just I disappear. i know because you would have just randomly given me a million dollars. I would disappear. Uh, yeah. You know, what happened to Tom? No call, no show. That's not like him. And then you're just like... <laughs> No, it's not. I'm just chuckling. What is like him? He's a very generous guy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's He's what's like him. He's to call it a day. I'm going back. I, you know, I, I've done this so many times. I've gone back through my collection that wasn't thrown out by my mother. You can tell that there's a little bit of... Yeah, right, by my mother. Yeah, I heard it. I also had a drum set get thrown out. Can you believe that? When my parents moved, they threw out my baseball card collection by and large. They saved yeah, some. yeah. Uh, which they later let get ruined by weather, uh, by placing them outside. Not good. And they just, like, up and threw my drums away. A kit! How does that happen? That's, well, deliberately. Well, that's me. Deliberately, that's how it happens. That's just not what you do. So I've got to be a half professional here with the uh, lead up to the top of the hour. The mouse I have is down, so I can't give you some music. I don't need music. You've got about uh, 10 seconds left. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and on War Chant TV. Like and subscribe. Five seconds. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with.